Hi friends, welcome to the Ian Khan Show. This is an Aftershock special episode. Today my guest is Barry O'Reilly. He's a business advisor, entrepreneur and author who has pioneered the intersection of business model innovation, product development, organizational design and culture transformation. Barry is the author of Unlearn, Let Go of Past Success to Achieve Extraordinary Results and co-author of the international bestseller Lean Enterprise, How High Performance Organizations Innovate at Scale. Here is Barry. Barry, welcome to the Ian Khan Show and welcome to the After um, Shock episodes where I'm featuring contributors to the recent book, Aftershock, right here, 50 years after Alvin Toffler wrote the book, Future Shock. Here we are, 50 years later. Barry O'Reilly, author of Unlearn, tell us all about yourself. Tell, we have limited time, first of all. Tell us about what this entire revolution of Unlearn is that you've kicked off. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's been a lot of fun, and I've got lots to meet lots of people along the way. Uh, my background is is pretty much in product development. I, I've worked in a very startups uh, all over the world, founded some myself. Uh, currently, I coach executives and senior leaders from Fortune 500 companies and scale ups. Uh, the first book I wrote was called Lean Enterprise. It was part of uh, Eric Reese's Lean series. So, people familiar with the Lean startup movement. Maybe, you know, you said we're wondering, well, experimentation for new product development was important uh, for entrepreneurs, but how did you do that in larger organizations? Yeah. And, and that gave me the chance to work with lots of different interesting people all over the world. And what I kept finding when I was working with these amazingly talented CEOs of a huge multi-billion dollar organizations is that while learning new practices was tough, uh, what was even harder was for them to unlearn their existing behavior and thinking, especially if it had made them successful in the past. So for a lot of these senior leaders, all their feedback mechanisms are telling them that they're doing the right things. They've raised to, to be the CEOs or senior executives in these massive organizations. Their profitability of their organization is growing. Their stock valuation at the company is growing. So when you talk to them, able to change, to adapt to changing circumstances, their initial reaction is, well, I don't need to unlearn. Everything's working. Why should I change? And, you know, often, if, and if anything, the current situation we're in at the moment will tell us is that when we optimize for efficiency and execution and don't have the ability to adapt, to anticipate, to build that muscle, mm. uh, we, we get stuck. Uh, so what I often say is that it's not organizations that get disrupted. It's ultimately individuals. They hold on to existing patterns or comfortable behaviors that made them successful in the past, yeah. believing they'll continually make them successful in the future. Yeah. And we only need to have a change in market, a change in technology, a change in customer demand. And a lot of the skills that may have made you successful suddenly become outdated. Um, and that's a challenge. No, that's the truth. And I, I, I know there's, there's this whole uh, line of thought that, that talks about change, how important adapting to changes, how important, uh, you know, change is the only constant, a bunch of all, all these things. I think, I think that's, that seems like a central pillar of what you're, what you're also talking about is, hey, in order to maybe work with change, you've got to start unlearning. I want to go back to your article in Aftershock, and I read through it, and you've written a lot about uh, the Roman Empire. I love that analogy. I love how you've brought that into context. Help us understand what, what that's all about. What did the Romans do that was different and what made them successful 
Yeah, so often, you know, when I ask people, you know, uh, Rome started over 2,000 years ago, so the seed of a civilization on, on seven hills in Central Europe, um, and, and managed to scale and sustain itself uh, for over 500 years. It had 20% of the world's population and over 2 million square miles accounted for its, its vast empire. You know, and, and when you often ask people, well, what do you believe or think allowed Rome to do that? You know, and invariably people will say, well, what we want, you know, initial notion, you know, you've, you've probably read the book, so you already know. But, um, you know, people's initial notion will say roads, their government, their armies, uh, the, you know, the way they would trade. And, and the answer is all of these things contributed. But the very unique innovation to the Roman uh, Empire was as soon as they conquered uh, cultures, when they recognized practices that were better than their own, they let go of their existing practices and incorporated those new practices into their systems of operation. So essentially their operating system or their system of governance was to continuously adapt to changing circumstances, to recognize when your existing methods uh, were good or could be bettered and being humble and humi humility actually really enough to incorporate those into your systems of operation and, and build something bigger. And I think that's a really unique innovation um, that interestingly, like allowed Rome to scale, but when they turned their back, when Caesar suddenly closed all the Roman um, borders and started to focus internally, it actually led to the collapse of the Roman Empire and much of Europe, plunging us into the medieval ages and, and a thousand years only uh, of no writing, of no literature, of no creativity, only to rise again during the Renaissance. So it's, it's interesting, you know, this is not something we can take for granted. I think you have to recognize that this ability to constantly adapt to changing circumstances, to build the muscle, if you will, to recognize when your existing behavior and thinking is limiting your results mm -hmm. and you need to unlearn and, and start to relearn new behaviors that will be uncomfortable, unfamiliar, um, uncertain, but yet often those steps will be the ones to give you the breakthrough and, yep. and help you succeed. Yeah. Uh, you have you have two two bestsellers uh, uh, out there. You, you do a lot of work with um, uh, singularity. Yes, so Lean Enterprise and Unlearn. I highly recommend everybody to grab a copy of these books, order them from Amazon, and there's a wealth of knowledge in there. I want to ask you about a, a couple of different things. The first one is um, is Alvin Toffler, and Toffler, you know, wrote. Future Shock 50 years ago, I, I really can't believe it that 50 years ago, literally there were no computers. I mean, there was nothing, there was nothing. Um, the rapid pace of development has happened in the last 15 to 20, I would say 20, 25 years. And so when you look at Toffler's work, uh, that incredible amount of insight and foresight that he had was is, is mind boggling. So it drives me nuts. Uh, what are your thoughts on some of his works? If, if you read, I'm sure you've read them. What, what, well, what do you think? Yeah, well, one of the things that was so interesting for me is I first came across uh, his work is my dad gave me his book. He, my dad was a, a computer software engineer. He's the first person to do software engineering in Ireland in Trinity College. First course they ever did of it. Wow. Um, and uh, as a child, he gave me, he had, he had this copy of this book and, at home and uh, he gave it to me to read. And so it was really a, a really nice moment, uh, like last 
few months ago, I was back in Ireland just as the book had came out and I was able to give him a copy of, of Aftershock, which was a nice way to close the loop. But, yeah. you know, I've always been a believer in technology. We had it at home. It, it was a, it excited me, like possibility excited me, you know, and uh, I, I'm also faculty at Singularity University where uh, the, the ethos of exponential technologies and how they can impact have a huge profound effect on society, both for good and, and often to guard against uh, negative consequences is sort of at the heart of what I'm about. You know, I've always built and exposed myself to new products and technologies. My, my first startup was a mobile games development company when a technology called WAP, which was wireless, wireless application protocol. It was even before G1. We're talking like G5s now or 5G, whatever you prefer. Yeah. You know, like um, teaching devices to rapidly communicate between people, moving information around efficiently, using that to build products. It's always been sort of at the heart of what I'm about. Mm. So if anything, you know, I'm I'm just excited to see how we can use technology both to progress and bring society forward. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's the joyous part is people are going to use things and converge different technologies or and, and thinking and skills in ways we can't anticipate right now and yeah for me that's the exciting part absolutely now when you talk about the you know your your philosophy and your teachings of you know this this entire learning system uh i think process and obviously uh, process is so important to evolving to the next phase to being successful to doing whatever you need to do and so what is the process for this learning and learning, what, what is the process that you would suggest viewers and learners and people out there to follow? Because this is a question everybody would ask that, hey, we've read all kinds of books, we're inspired, we're motivated, but what is the next step? Tell us what the next steps are uh, of going through this. Yeah, so I think um, when I say to people they need to unlearn, a lot of people get quite upset. As I said, you walk into a CEO of a multi-billion dollar organization and talk to them about unlearning, often they try to kick me out the door. But again, what I'm, I'm not saying is what people know is wrong. Uh, it's a system, as you mentioned. Right? I, I describe unlearning as a process of letting go or reframing or moving away from once useful mindsets and acquired behaviors that were effective in the past, but now limit your success. So it's not forgetting or removing or discarding knowledge or experience. It's the conscious act of letting go of outdated information mm. and actively engaging in taking in new information to inform effective decision-making and action. Yeah. You know, so the analogy I would give you is, you know, just like we have products and products have features and we've got to constantly innovate the features of our product for it to stay relevant in its market, humans have behavior. Yeah. And if we're not constantly innovating our behavior and our thinking to adapt to our markets, we're going to be disrupted. So this is sort of the notion that I, I help people understand with. And so then the question is, well, then how do I know or where do I know I need to unlearn? Mm -hmm. So simple. These are the questions I'd ask you. So again, Ian, I'd, I'd get you to reflect on these questions as we're talking. See maybe if you can identify a spot. Yes. So where is a, an area that you're not living up to the expectations you have for yourself? Maybe you're not living up to the outcomes that you're aiming for. Yeah. Uh, maybe there's a situation that you're struggling to resolve or a challenge that you're actually totally avoiding. Maybe there's somewhere where you've tried everything you can think of and you're still not getting the breakthrough that you're aiming for. Mm. All right, so not living up to your expectations, not achieving the outcomes you want, yeah. a situation you're struggling to, to resolve or, or challenge you're avoiding or 
maybe somewhere you've tried everything you can think of and you're not getting a breakthrough, right? What, does anything pop into your mind? Oh, tons of things. Yeah, absolutely. I, I always wanted to be, uh, I'll give you an example. I always wanted to be um, an Ironman athlete, but am I an Ironman athlete? I am not. Well, because of so many different reasons. Right. Well, well, this is a good example, right? So, so what do you think are some of the obstacles that are holding you back? I think uh, all of them could be, a majority of them are behavioral because I probably do not change my behavior that puts me into that direction, change my lifestyle that puts me into that direction. Uh, I'm still stuck with spending time doing the things that I'm doing, I've done, and hence I can't make time for to become that Ironman athlete, right? Some of those resonate, right? Absolutely, absolutely, right? Okay, so now we've picked a challenge, right? Yeah, you know, challenges. I, I haven't become an Iron Man yet. Hmm. All right, and um, so if you were then, so now we, you've recognized an area, now that, and, and you've talked about some of the obstacles, but really, you know, what we what we want to start thinking about is what's the outcomes you want, right? Like you've talked about the challenge, and when we think about the obstacles, we get stuck in a very incremental type world. Yeah. We, 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 uh, my knee is sore, um, I don't have time, all, all these sort of like little obstacles that get in our way. But really what uh, we do at Unlearning is we think big. It's important to sort of like almost think exponentially. Yeah. So if, in two to three years' time, yeah. if you absolutely smash this challenge out of the, the park, right, if you really surmounted it and were doing amazing uh, things, tell, tell me some of the things that would be happening, right? Tell, tell me almost like a press release. A visional oh, story. Okay. If, if, if you had <laughs> totally surmounted this challenge, what would you be doing? Well, I think two or three years from now, I'd be doing, um, I'd be maybe training other people to crush it and become Ironman. I would uh, be at the peak of my health. I would be at my ideal weight. I would be healthy. I'd be feeling good. Uh, I'd have a feel-good factor here of achievement that, hey, I did it and I crushed it and I can do anything in my life. All of those things would be would be part and parcel of of me three years down the line great and um see so you, like you've already talked about like what other people how other people you might be affecting other people helping them you might be training them right you'd be juicing your mile time you'd be increasing your speed you'd be yeah. reducing your fat rate all right um all of these types of activities so these are all new behaviors right so so the thing i would get you to think about is which one of those you listed as loads of great behaviors there right if you could zero in on one what, do, what would you think would be the best example that would tell you you would have unlearned this challenge what, 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 of all the ones you mentioned? Um, well, actually, being an Ironman, I mean, just actually being one would say, hey, I've undone all my bad behaviors, right? Right, right. Okay, good, right? And, and if, you were, if we were going to try and quantify, what would an Ironman be? What would tell you you've been an Ironman? Well, physically is actually running the race, going through the obstacles and running for, you know, 40 kilometers and, and doing the triathlons. But I think it would be in, in a peak state of, of performance uh, or health or performance, if you will. Right. So these are all good things, right? So we can start to quantify some of these things like running at 40 kilometers, right? That's you know, how, how far have you ran at, uh, at the moment? What's the longest distance you've Five, run? Seven, seven, maybe. I'm not a long distance runner, no. Okay, right. So we're, we're talking about like increasing your uh, running distance by 400% mm -hmm. in the next, we're, we're going to say two years. Yeah. So pretty, 
right? So that, that would be an outcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So, so this is where we start to like write this down as a statement. So I will unlearn, uh, you know, uh, the challenge I want to tackle is become an Ironman. Uh, in the next, let's say, two years, yeah. I know I will have achieved that when I increase my running distance by 400%, yeah. right, in the next sort of two years. Now, you've thought big. You've written a sort of unlearning statement. You've sort of written now a manifesto for what will demonstrate the problem you have and if you've solved it, right? So we think big, but now we start small. Yeah. As you start to relearn, right, like you're not going to suddenly run 400% mm-hmm. more than your longer distance. Of course not, no. Right? So, um, and, you know, often the things you're going to have to do are going to be difficult and uncomfortable to get there because if running, uh, you know, uh, 400% longer or 40 kilometers was, was easy. You'd just be doing it, right? If it was natural to you, you'd just be doing it. That's right. Yeah. Right. So if I was to say to you, we picked that outcome that you've described, increasing your uh, running distance by 400%, mm-hmm. right? And now I try and come up with sort of 10 new actions you could take to try and get there. Yes. What, what, what kind of actions come into mind that you could try? Um, probably removing obstacles that, uh, hinder me running that long distance, maybe looking at my shoes, getting more comfortable long distance running shoes. Uh, try to eat healthier so that I weigh less and I'm lighter and I can run faster so that my breathing is under control. Great. Uh, maybe running a little bit longer every single day, incrementally, a little bit every single day. A bunch of other things, right? Right. So, th- so people get normally get to three like very, very quickly, right? Because we choose uh, actions that are comfortable to mm. us, that are, are, are obvious to us, and, and, and unfortunately won't work because you're probably already doing this type of stuff. You probably have a relatively a healthy diet. You probably have decent running shoes. Mm. You know, you probably could run a little, but you're still not, that's not giving you the breakthrough. If mm. those comfortable behaviors were working for you, yeah. you know, you wouldn't have this problem. Right. So the challenge I always say to people is we're going to have to do stuff that's uncomfortable, that's mm. outside our comfort zone, that's not obvious to us. And, and why that might feel daunting, the way we actually succeed is we think big, but we start small. And smaller is often way, way, way smaller than people think. Mm. You know, um, and because it's small, it's safe to fail. We can get outside our comfort zone. We can recover gracefully. We can actually get a fast feedback loop and try lots of different things to succeed. Right. So these notions then, you know, like uh, when I start to ask people like what feels more uncomfortable, you know, and things that might feel uncomfortable, well, tell me what, what, if I was saying, you know, what would I tell you feel really uncomfortable to do? Uh, me, me, uh, um, waking up 4am in the morning every day. Here we go. Nice. Right. Good. What else? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Love it. What else? Super, super uncomfortable. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. I know. This is a but you 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 hit a beautiful example straight off the, yeah. the gate, right? Because like a lot, like maybe it might be not watching Netflix in the evening. I'm going to train for an hour instead of watch Netflix. I'm going to. Like, like the, you know, I'm going to stop being on social media for an hour a day and I'm going to invest that in weight training or, right? Like this, these are the things that like really, they feel tough for people, right? Because as you said, you've, your life is full with so much. Yeah. 
And you're going to have to empty some of that in a way to make space for you to do this training to get there. And, you know, especially when people are busy with work, their personal lives, their families, their what they consider their relaxed, their treats. You know, you, you may have to make some sacrifices. And that's why I loved your example of 4 a.m. in the morning, right? You're like Jacko uh, getting up at 4.32 every morning and, and doing his training as he does for extreme ownership, right? And um, But again, the way we make this smaller is, we, you know, you don't have to do it. Like, so if, if we could do, make it smaller, right? How could you make getting up at 4 a.m. every morning to train smaller? I would say sleep a little bit earlier and wake up a little bit earlier to start off with, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Hour, 10 minutes, 15, 20 minutes earlier and then, then try and do that. Here we go, right? So this, this, is, this is the way you start to do these things. It's like you descale it. Yeah. Um, and like this, I then, so starting smaller, like maybe it's not 4 a.m., maybe it's like 5.30. Yeah. But you're, you spend that 30 minutes on stretching or working or, right? And... Mm-hmm. And what's important here is that the, uh, people feel successful quickly when they try new behaviors. And, and what we're not celebrating is the result. We're, we're celebrating the effort. Yeah. It's encouraging you that you, you're successful. You tried. So another great example of this is the Couch to 5K running app. Have you ever come across that? I uh, know. So Couch to 5K is a classic example where it turns couch potatoes into people that can run five kilometers, right? Uh, so if you can imagine if you've never run in your life, sitting on the couch and running five kilometers is pretty daunting. Yeah. Right. And, but um, again, they think big, but they start small. Mm. So the first day of that program, you just walk around the block. You just feel it and you, and you've achieved it. You've started. Yes. And by taking that small step, you know, going around the block, it's a small step towards this bigger outcome of the 5K. And then the next day you walk one and run one. Then the next day you run two and walk one. And, the, and you build up this momentum. You know, and this is why celebrating effort is so important if you want to have exponential results. It's not that you celebrate the result, I passed, I failed. Yeah. You celebrate the attempt and you encourage yourself to like keep at it. Because you know, your 30 minutes will turn to 40 minutes, will turn to 50 minutes, will turn to if that's working for you and you can keep doubling down on it and over time, you know, this compounding effect is what goes exponential. One of the uh, things that I find challenging generally when you talk to people and one of the things, one of the biggest reasons for failure is that they'll go all in with full energy and then that tanks one, two days, six days, but how do we enable accountability when you're looking at doing, thinking big, acting small, what about accountability to be consistent? How do you do that? Well, I think this is the thing is that you start to feel successful because the small steps you're taking build the momentum, Mm. right? You got up 10 minutes earlier and you did your stretching. Yes. Awesome. Next week, tomorrow, I'm going to try and get up 12 minutes earlier. The next day, I'm going to try and get up 13 minutes earlier, Mm. right? And you're just chipping away and... The, the thing uh, counterintuitively here, it, it's that momentum trumps the one-time efforts because uh, that's what builds the habits. Yeah. That's what makes it part of your routine. So, you know, the example, you know, we, you sort of allude to and joke is like the reason that the gyms are all full on the 1st of January is because everybody's like, I'm going to make this big change, huge yeah. change. Yeah. And they're in there like lifting huge dumbbells and they go home and their body hurts and the next day they try to go and progressively gets exponentially harder each day. 
rather than starting small and, and actually scaling up as you start to build momentum and habit. Yeah. And I think that, again, counterintuitively, that's actually the way to go is to start small and learn fast. And then it becomes a virtuous loop as you accelerate. So two strategies. One is start unlearning your bad habits, things that are holding you down. Start relearning new habits, new new techniques, tactics, whatever it is, new knowledge that will help you change your behavior. Uh, and the second is think big. Think about the final results, the final outcome that you want. Um, and then start small and incrementally grow those actions to get where you want. I think these, if, if I were to do these two things right away, I, I can run an Ironman guaranteed in a year or two years. I guarantee it. I have you to thank for. But these are profound things that I believe we can utilize right away to change our, our lives, to change you know our future, have that feeling and not just the feeling, but have the achievement of, of actually done it, succeeded, and to move on and to power our lives. Like, I'm, I'm blown away. And, and thank you so much for, for sharing these ideas. Um, I know we, we have limited amount of time, but tell us a little bit about where people can find you. Is it your website, Barry O'Reilly, or where can they go grab a copy of your book? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm out on the internet at barryoreilly.com or at Barry O'Reilly and most of your favorite uh, social media tags. Uh, I'm always looking to say hello to people and hear people's on learning stories. So just share with hashtag on learn on most platforms and I'll pick it up. And yeah, hopefully a book available in all good record stores, as they say. Thank you very much for having me, Ian. It's been a pleasure to meet Amazing. you. Amazing. Um, please grab a copy of Aftershock. Everybody's available on Amazon. Also add to the cart, uh, Barry's two books. You have to get all these two books at the same time. Uh, Lean Enterprise and Unlearn. I'm ordering them right away. Trust me, I'm, I'm going to do that and show you a screenshot. But thank you so much, Barry. You are a delight to speak to. Take care and uh, thanks, for, uh, uh, thanks for being here. Pleasure, Ian. Thank you very much. Hey, friend, this is Ian Khan. If you liked what you saw on my video, then please subscribe to my YouTube channel and be inspired every single day with innovative content that keeps you fresh, updated, and ready for the future. For more information, also visit my website at iankhan.com. 